0: We have been going through a series on the parables. And we're going to, uh, look at another one this morning that I think is, is very interesting and certainly a blessing for sure to those who take it seriously. I want you to turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 14. And on your Q Bibles, that's page 739. Luke 14 verse 1, page 739. And before we really get to the parable that I want to talk about this morning, a couple of other things I want to show you, just about the context here as we move into this. First of all, I want you to notice in verse 1, it says, one Sabbath when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee. And the two key words there are eat and prominent. Because what we have here is a, a banquet of influence. Or a banquet of status. And someone of status has invited Jesus to a banquet. And they have invited him specifically because he is a person of status. He's this rabbi now who's traveling around the country. He's teaching. People are listening to him. And the Pharisees, they want to know who he is. And they want to keep track of him. So the text actually says that they were watching him. But they get Jesus at this banquet because... They do want to watch him, and also because he's a person of status. Now, that notion of status is significant for the context here, and I want you to just listen for that in what we read next here. I want you to look at verse uh, 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. And again, this is not the parable we're going to focus on in a minute, but it sets the stage. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the seat least important. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now before we go any further, I just want to ask you this question, and it's pretty easy to answer, but I just want us to have it on our minds. Why would you choose the seat of honor? Because that's the issue that Jesus is talking about right there. Okay? Why would you choose the seat of honor? And I, again, I think it's pretty obvious, right? Because you want some honor. You want others to look at you. You go to the banquet and you want to be at the banquet, maybe because of the food. You know, maybe Robin Carter is doing the cooking and you're thinking, I gotta be there. I can't miss out on those buns. And so you're gonna, you're gonna go to that meal. That's a good possibility. But in this case, Someone is going to the meal because they want to be honored, and they choose, in some cases, a place of honor. This was, in one sense, all about honor. And they had that as a priority in their lives. You're trying to achieve something, display some kind of status. Now, if that's the case, it could be that the next parable is going to be something similar. Let's look at verse 12. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And I have a question that goes along with this parable too. The question is, What is the repayment you wish to receive? What is the repayment? You go to a banquet hoping that someone will invite you to their house because you invited them. And Jesus in the story is telling them this is some kind of repayment. But what is the repayment all about? Is this simply a case of, I... I spent my money on their food, I fed them, I gave them a great meal, I'm expecting that next Thursday I'm not going to have to spend any money on food because they're going to have me back. And then my belly's going to be full at their expense, just as their bellies were full at my expense. Is that the repayment? Is that what they're really hoping for? And I kind of doubt it. And I doubt that mainly because of the very last few words of that story. It says specifically about repayment at the last day at the resurrection. Well, is that the time when we're going to get all the good food? And I'm thinking not. So what is the point of being repaid then at the resurrection? What kind of repayment are we going to get on that last day when resurrection happens? And again, I would say that the notion is not repayment of something like food or a good meal, but that instead the repayment has to do specifically with the honor and the status and the place that one will receive at the resurrection. One will be a child of God. You'll receive that kind of status, it seems to me, the text is talking about. So then we move into the parable that I really want to focus on. I want you to look at verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. So here's the banquet. It's all ready. This man has put out some money. He has put out invitations. He's expecting all his friends, his family, everybody is going to come. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said... I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Now, that's interesting. You would think that perhaps before he bought the field, he would have gone to look at it. I'm not sure that he needs to go look at it now after he's already purchased it. I mean, maybe, but come on. Is that not just an excuse? Wouldn't you look at the field before you bought it? And it does sound like a pretty feeble excuse. Verse 18. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. But again, you would think that before the man buys five oxen in that day and age when they were so expensive that he would have checked out those oxen before he ever bought them. So it doesn't sound again like a very solid excuse, but instead pretty flimsy. And then verse 20, still another said, I just got married so I can't come. But that one I guess I kind of get. That makes some sense. But at any rate, people are fishing here for excuses, apparently not wanting to come to the banquet, because this is the thing. If this banquet was one at which one was going to receive a great deal of honor, you would not let the purchase of the land or the purchase of oxen or maybe even your new wife in that culture for sure keep you from going to a place where you're going to receive some kind of honor by being at that banquet. So there seems to be some kind of indication that with this man, others are not perceiving going and being part of his banquet as an honorable kind of occasion. So verse 21, the servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you order has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. So I want to ask a question here, too. But I want us to notice a couple of things first. First, clearly, again, from the first two scenarios... Being a guest at a banquet was for them an incredibly honorable kind of occasion. And it certainly points to what's happening with the Pharisee and Jesus being there. And it tells us something about what the parable of the great banquet is going to be all about. It has to do, most of all, with the question of honor and those who seek it. And then second, from verse 15, which I want you to look at right now, what does the text say is the question on the questioner's mind? It's a question about the kingdom of God. What's really going on here is that a description of kingdom of God is taking place, specifically in light of the coming of Messiah. And what is the claim that Jesus keeps making about himself to those around him if they would just listen? The claim that Jesus has made is that he is indeed the coming one, the Son of Man. They should be looking for and anticipating the coming of Messiah. And Jesus has said to them, I am He. I'm the one who is to come. And they need to be paying attention because the kingdom of God that they're seeking in Messiah is actually there. And the Jews wanted more than anything with the coming of Messiah, and this is important, to be honored. What the Jews wanted in the Messianic age was to be honored by God as His special people. And so if this parable is talking about honoring someone or not honoring someone, maybe for good or bad reasons, it may well have something to do with these Jews who are looking to be honored as the special people of God. And Jesus seems to be having some kind of comment to make to them about that. And so, my question... Why would the invited guests make excuses and not come? And why would this make the host angry? Well, they apparently, as we said, are not coming because they don't perceive this as an honorable occasion. And why would this make the host so angry? Because in that culture, certainly to offer a banquet is to be considered one who is worthy of honor. You are the one who is offering the banquet and should receive some kind of honor for what it is that you're giving. And instead, they're turning up their nose at the host. They are specifically rejecting him and his banquet, clearly looking for something else, a different banquet that's being offered. And so here's what's happening, I think. When Jesus came to earth, he came with a certain kind of kingdom. He came with a certain kind of vision about what he wanted people to be, about what he wanted his people to be, the Jews. But the Jews who are listening to him are looking not for the kingdom he's offering, but the kingdom that they want, where the Jews take a place of honor and all the others are rejected. They, in fact, want something other than what God is offering in Jesus, which, of course, amounts to rejection of God. And so they're looking Messiah in the face and saying, "We're not interested in your banquet. We're not interested in giving the kind of honor to you that is due. Instead, we're looking for the kind of honor that is due us. We're the people of God. We Pharisees in fact have a vision here for what it means to be the people of God, and we want to be duly honored and not you." So instead of receiving honor, they will be rejected. And instead, the lonely, the previously rejected ones, the Gentiles, will be invited into the kingdom and will sit at the places of honor. And so the key here, just like the other parables, is their desire for honor. The Jews long to be honored, in this case by God, but it's not just for God's sake. They long to be honored as the people of God themselves, specially chosen. And so if Jesus comes to them and says, Well, what do you Jews think? Should the Gentiles be honored too along with you? The Jews are going to say, No way. We are the special ones of God. We have been specially chosen, not them. And so Jesus says, That's fine, but that's not why I came. That's not the kingdom I'm trying to build. That's not who I came as Messiah. And so fine, you can continue to long for that if you want, but I'm going to invite the Gentiles. I want them to come and be part of this. And it's those who accept me on my own terms and not their terms who will be accepted and honored by me and in my kingdom. You are no longer invited. And here's the point. You cannot reject what God is offering in Jesus. Rejecting the kind of messianic banquet where Jesus is inviting everyone and yourself be accepted by God. And man, people don't want to hear this message today. For me to say that in front of a group of people is is almost scary. Not so much, of course, in the church. But if you and I go out there and we start talking about how Jesus is Messiah, that He is the one, and that to reject Jesus, that immediately gets us in trouble. Not unlike it got Him in trouble. And yet that is indeed the truth that Jesus proclaims. That's what He says about Himself. That's what He's trying to say to the Jews here. The kingdom, when I bring it, it's not going to be on your terms. The kingdom, when I bring it, is going to be on my terms. I'm the one who is God. You're not. I'm the son of God who offers grace and love and mercy. You're not offering that. You're only wanting your status and honor in my kingdom. Not my kingdom for its own sake because I am Lord. And what God wants is people who are willing to say, He is Lord. And to accept His kingdom on His Terms. Well, you and I are not Jews. We're not rejecting Jesus this morning. I would say, in fact, that you are accepting of Jesus. And so, what do we do with this parable? And I'd say there's at least a couple of things here. First of all, we need to admit that we are the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. That's who we are. We may not like it. We, like those Jews, might like to think that instead we have status. But it's pretty clear that Jesus is saying that those who come to me, those who enter into the banquet, are those who are poor, those who are crippled, those who are lame, those who are blind. And so if we have come to Jesus... Are we not then the poor and the blind, the lame and the crippled? I think we are. And rather than me feel some kind of grief at being considered that, I consider that position a position of honor. When I can say, I, as a lowly, wretched sinner before God who is not what God wants me to be, nonetheless... Find myself in the kingdom, embraced by His love, accepted by His grace, part of His kingdom, a member in this wonderful family of God. That's not because of anything I've ever done or could ever do. It's all because of the choice that God made in loving me and giving me His grace. And so, do I come in as the poor one? Absolutely. Do I come in as the crippled one, and the lame one, and the blind one? Absolutely. That's who I am. Without Him, I am nothing else. and I need Him so badly. If you're not, if you're not one of these, if you can't think of yourself as as the crippled one, and the blind one, the lame one, the poor one, if you can't think of yourself as being that one, it seems to me like the message of the parable is, you're not invited because those are the ones that Jesus continues to invite that's who I am by the grace of God this poor crippled lame blind one God has accepted me and placed me at an honored seat at his banquet because of his love and grace and mercy for me You know, you're well aware, as I am, of all of these racial tensions going on in the United States right now. Uh, When we were down there, it was on the news constantly. You could see uh, just all the the rioting that was going on, the demonstrations that were taking place, all the differences between the races and the, the Ku Klux Klan. They're quoting Klan members at different places on the news. I'm listening to this one Klan member describe as he's talking to this lady about how he is superior to her. It was a black journalist. She's interviewing. It's a woman, black journalist, interviewing a Klan member. And he's explaining to her why he's superior to her. And he was using biblical passages to illustrate his point. So he quotes some passage of the Bible indicating that this somehow puts him higher than she is. Does this parable not say that if you think in those terms about yourself that you're the one who is left out of the banquet? It's the one who says, I'm the lame one. I'm the crippled one. I'm the one that has no status in society that's the one that is received by God and given His grace and mercy for me to stand and say I'm superior to another because of my race is to declare yourself unworthy of the banquet and at that point Christ says go away you're not invited and so we need to understand who we really are we have no status except by the blood of Christ And the moment that we think we can do it without Him, we stand in the position of being those uninvited. Well, the second thing I want us to make sure we see is this. It is to such as these, the blind, the poor, those who have no status, it's to such as these that we must be making invitations. You know, sometimes in our church assembly, we've had people who come in Sitting in the back, perhaps. And the fact is, they smell like they haven't had a shower in a month. And the reason why is because they haven't. And sometimes we have people come in and they're smelling of alcohol. And the reason why is because they're so addicted to alcohol that they probably drank mouthwash just before coming to our assembly so they could somehow get through this time with all of you people. And it would be so tempting for us to move away from them down to the other end of the pew because they do stink. And it would be so easy to walk away from them or skirt around them or somehow miss them on a Sunday morning and not be the one who goes and says hello. It would be easy to do that. They are not like us. And we recognize that they have struggles. They've got difficulties. But I think Jesus would say... They are the poor. They're the lame. They're the crippled. Maybe crippled emotionally. Maybe crippled mentally. They're the ones who are lame in ways that we can't imagine being lame. And those are the ones that we need to offer invitations. Now, in addition, you have that person who in our society looks like they're right at the top of the peak in terms of status. And they have it all. And they look like we want them to look... And they smell like we want them to smell. And they have what we want them to have. And yet inside, those same people could be just as lame, just as broken, just as lonely, just as poor, just as disenfranchised, just as as easily outcast by themselves. And so to those people too, we need to be sharing the gospel. Because it's to such as those that God's invitation comes. And the moment that we think that somehow we are better than these who stand on the outside, it's at that moment that we are ourselves beneath an invitation. It's at that point that we look like those who bought fields and didn't check them out first. And those who bought oxen not knowing whether or not they'd pull. And those who got married and now have responsibilities that keep us from coming and being what God wants us to be. That's who we are when we move down the pew or avoid someone or fail to offer an invite. And so if someone walks in here who smells because they haven't had a bath or smells of alcohol or who is dirty, who might give you their germs. And isn't that what a lot of times we're afraid of? I can't tell you the number of times that I use hand sanitizer in a week because of people who come in here. I actually think that's fairly wise. But sometimes we are so afraid of things like that that we we shy away from them. And it could be on racial grounds, it could be economic grounds, it could be social grounds, but we tend to shy away and all the while God is with open arms accepting this blind one we must continue to be the open church that we are and seek ways of being ever more open to those who in every way are poor, crippled, lame, and blind because God wants us to be that. If you want to be at His banquet, you're going to have to be prepared to sit next to somebody who is going to be one of these. Because those are the ones who are going to be at the banquet. I'm wanting to be there. I I deserve to be there by the blood of Jesus because of my low position. And we, all of us, who recognize our low status in this world and before God, if we get there, it will be because of that and the blood of Jesus that puts us in that place. We need to be open to others to bring them there with us. Let's pray. There are people everywhere in our world, Lord, who think of themselves more highly than they ought. And sometimes we're guilty sometimes father we we move to the other side of the hallway we avert our eyes we don't extend the hand in fellowship and it's it's fear or it's pride or it's arrogance Or something that keeps us from reaching out the way that we should. Father, we would pray that you'd help us instead to be a church that is constantly sending out invitations, going to the highways and the byways and the alleys and the gutters and the drop in centers and the prisons. Help us to go to those people who hurt in all kinds of ways, the executive who is crushed in life. Help us to go to those people with the good news that there is a great banquet. A banquet that in, in which we share only because of the blood of your son. Help us to bring these people with us to this great banquet. And help us realize that we fit in with the same status that they fit in. All at the foot of the cross. Help us to have this attitude among ourselves, God, and to show it to the world. We pray through Jesus. Amen.